This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we are live on our Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook channels with Sharina Parker for the first time, their first interview, and we're excited to have you on. And, Thank um, you. And what we like to do is um, is go into like a full depth, kind uh, of behind the music type of interview. But before we do that, we do have some sponsors that we have to talk about that help us do this because we do these interviews with independent artists and emerging artists for free. So one of the first sponsors we have is an iOS and Android app called Newsly.me. And basically it reads the news back to you in a natural voice. So you can stop scrolling and start listening. If you use coupon code GHOST2021, and that's correct, you can get free a free one month premium subscription. So again, if you use GHOST2021, you go out to Newsly or www.newsly.me and download the app and use that code GHOST2021 to get one month free. So that's one of the first um, uh, sponsors we have. We have one more, and that sponsor is called uh, Double Jack Online. So we're going to talk about them for a second. So Double Jack Online is um, a philanthropic uh, online lottery uh, that's out of Europe. And uh, what they do is they do Kino and Powerball and some other things. And uh, if you actually use this coupon code that we've got, um, well, it's actually you know, a scan code. So what happens is if you take your phone right now and you scan that, you can go to Double Jack Online. They also do NFTs. So they do crypto digital art. And they also do crowdfunding. So if you're a band and you're trying to fund your album or trying to fund a tour or trying to fund some type of project, you can work with them and they can create a campaign for you to get actual crowdfunding for your project. So if you go out and you can also become an influencer for them and you get side income from either the people who do their lottery, the NFTs or their crowdfunding. So it's kind of a win-win. You can get side income as an artist of another source of income to fund what you're doing. So that's something that um, we'd like to tell people about and check it out. And uh, after that, we've, uh, we're out of our sponsors and we're going to bring up your link tree. We encourage everybody to go out to our, the artists that we promote. And uh, this is going to be out there uh, for the whole um, interview. So we have your link tree. And we're also going to, in a couple uh, seconds, actually show a YouTube video that you gave us so people can actually hear what you sound like. And then yes. we'll go into the full kind of interview uh and ask you like why why you got into music and all that stuff but we're going to cue that up we actually have the video queued up it's for a video that is um called blind right that's the video that's what we have yes yes okay so we're going to put you on mute and uh we'll do the full video and then when we come back um we'll we'll put you into the full interview and ask about why you got into music and why it's your passion and all those great things so we're going to play this right now uh th and uh thank you and everybody well, i hope you enjoy it i don't know i don't know I don't know, I don't know I put in 
you got doubts, ticket and send it out. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Cause you don't even know what you're doing all alone. And you don't wanna see, but I know that you're strong. You can stop a break if you run from yourself. You want there to see, cause you're holding yourself. I know why you fight, why you think you're not like me. Get up, call and fight, no sign of Every day says the love is mine, but baby, I don't feel right. Cause it's messed up, it's funny how you came across Saving the rockets that you could shoot off, yeah I'm always feeling like I'm coming untied, yeah Cause you don't even know what you're doing all alone Cause you don't wanna see, but I know that you're strong You should sell fake cause you run from yourself You went there to see cause you're holding yourself I know where you fight, why you think you're not like me? Get up, call and pride, no sign of heat. So every day you say the love is bad. But baby, that don't feel right. Yeah, baby, that don't feel right. Maybe it don't feel Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, that right there was shot by Ricky J Films. It was recorded by Marksman here in Sacramento, and that was so fun. That was great. Gaddy B was the model on that one. He's out of San Francisco, and we just had so much fun. I was so grateful to be able to do it. We even had to kick some people off of the <laughs> off the court for a second. Like, hey, you mind if we shoot a video real quick? They're like, uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so thank you to the boys that let us film. If you're out there, <laughs> thanks for letting us disrupt your game. Well, thank you. I mean, that, that I, I love to have a good, like, um, you know, picture of you as an artist and your voice is so great. And um, I like the vibe. And so we're basically going to start at the beginning of how you got into music. So one of the first things we always ask the artists we come on, that come on the show is basically, you know, what age did you get into music? You know, when, when did you first start thinking about music seriously? I mean, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a Shrek answer, like an onion with layers. It's got layers to the answer <laughs> because I mean, for me, man, music, music was more of a, um, like a coming into my own type of thing because it started with me coming to the States. Um, I was born out of the country. So when I came to the States, I didn't know the language and I had heard a piano for the first time. And that mm -hmm. to me was like my first, like, I got to learn this. And so, um, when I started taking lessons, I, um, you know, I had to learn 
what was in the books, but I wanted to write. I wanted to write so bad. So I actually started writing the piano when I was six. Um, and then awesome. kind of from that point, um, using my actual voice was more to just get out kind of what I was, you know, just growing up and um, just kind of feeling very different, out of place a lot of the time. I just started writing my own lyrics with the music, um, but those were put away for a very long time and no one heard <laughs> most of those. So, yeah. Well, I, th I think one of the things I find with singer-songwriters is like um, people who do it, right, because it's it's a passion. You know, as a, as a right. writer right. myself, I started out with like poetry. And I happened to be a musician and I didn't think about combining the two for a long time. Yeah. Like, oh, this is private. These poems are private. But then I realized like, well, when you look at the people you, you uh, are um, like influenced by, like I was right. I, like people like Neil Young and Bob Dylan mm -hmm. and who and stuff like something they had to sit down and finally say, well, I'm going to use my voice. Right. And I'm going to express what I want to say. And it's a risk. Like when you're a songwriter. Yeah. Like you, always, that is like your, your personal method of getting things. Yeah. And things. if they, if they don't see it, cause art is subjective, you know, we all, you know, we like it, we don't maybe, you know, but it's one of those things if they don't like it, it definitely feels like they don't like a part of, you know, you. you. So it, it is a little bit nerve wracking putting it out. I don't think at that point in my life, I was ready to do any of that yet, but I think, you know, coming into my own a little bit, I'm certainly ready to talk a little bit about it. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you've been working on music since you were very young, but um, I guess the point is when when did you discover, like some people get into music and you know they become a classical pianist or they, they join an orchestra or they become a studio musician. Now every musician decides to actually write their own thing, right? Sometimes yeah. they work with other people. So sure. one of the things is like in terms of, did you always want to be like a singer songwriter or uh, and express yourself in that way, or did you um, come to that? I think I just always did. Um, I was raised in the church. My dad was a preacher growing up, and so music and choir and all that was always there. So um, even though I was not necessarily able to sing my own music, I still very much enjoyed being up there and singing. And so for me, I knew that that lit a fire inside of me. And so um, even though my own music wasn't heard, at that time, it was still so meaningful for me to be able to write it. And then I think it just, I don't know. I think we all got to come to that point where we say, okay, I'm just going to just try, you know what I mean? And for me, I didn't realize now what it would become when I first, two years ago, you know, I had put out my first single. So I've had 11 singles and my first one was just a couple years ago. And I didn't know that it would get the response that it did. So I just feel grateful that I have ears that will listen, honestly, you know? And so I just figure I'm gonna keep going. And um, it was always inside of me, but to have um, an audience that's willing to hear it is like priceless to me, so. Yeah, yeah that, that's the real, like, the, the thing is like we, as a, as a musician, like you you want, you know, you, you have your craft, you wanna create your, um, your work and then you're yeah. trying to get that audience that, will will see your authentic self and, and in some cases you know some musicians we have like this other self right so in order to be on stage i'm a gemini you don't have to tell me <laughs> yeah, it's like there's this other you or what they call like in the looking glass right so a lot of musicians and artists you'll you, know, you get the big example of like a person like david bowie mm -hmm. david bowie kept on changing 
right? And he the story about him was like when he tried to be himself. Yeah. David, David Jones, it didn't work. Like he, when mm -hmm. he first came on the scene in the late 60s, he tried to come out as David Jones. And he didn't look like Ziggy. He didn't have all those images, and it it didn't it didn't hit. And then when he kind of had this theatrical nature to himself, I said, "What if I go and I just get mm -hmm. real theatrical, and I create yeah. this other image of myself?" And you see that's this, everything. Yeah. yeah that sometimes that's the other person. It's you, but in order to be on stage, you kind of project this other person that gives you this confidence or whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like when you go on stage, even if you know you're presenting yourself, that that's somehow like a different version of yourself? Um, I think I'm getting there. I think I'm getting there. I don't think that I've done enough live performances. I mean, to be totally honest with you, I was like the girl in the dark sitting behind the piano playing and writing. I mean, this is really one of the very first times that I've really been in front of cameras or anyone, anything like that. You know, it's all very new to me. Um, but I like to think that um, because when I'm writing my music, it is very authentic to where I'm at in my life at that moment, that when I do perform, you, you do see it. You know, you do see that authenticity. I don't necessarily know if it's any type of like alter ego confidence, but I certainly see as far as what the future could hold. And as far as um, like Iraq, where I'm from, um, that is in my heart, my bloodline and my soul. And it's, you know, you can hear it in my voice when I sing. And so for me to be um, able to be raised here in the States, in the Bay area with so many greats and have that to look up to and just almost like the combination of the two worlds coming together, I do feel like there's going to be an amazing type of, um, I don't know, something that comes from it. And I'm, I'm excited to see that. I hope that I continue to grow as an artist so that I can just represent well and also just have the best time doing it. So. Yeah. Cause you did, you know, in your write up that I was reading, you did say that, you know, you, 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 in your, and your, I guess when you discovered your ability to do music, um, it's kind of like your childhood had been rough. And, and did that really influence the way you write? Because um, of all the things you had to go through before you came here. Because I know you, you came from yeah. like both Mosul, Iraq, and everybody knows the whole history of what's been going on, you know, over the last decade or two decades. Um, so uh, is, was that a lot of what the, the content of, of the feelings that you had when you write your music and maybe you can describe like where you're coming from? Sure, yeah. So um, I was born in Mosul, Iraq, and I was adopted out of a refugee camp there and brought to the States and I was raised here. And so for me, I just, um, you know, there's so much um, beauty and art and culture in the Middle East. And I feel so lucky and proud to be Iraqi, but also to have the opportunity to be raised here in the States and to be able to have um, a voice uh, is such a privilege. And I, um, I did feel very different growing up. And so I think when you feel different, there's a level of isolation excuse me, that comes with that. And so to be yeah. able to throw myself into music, that was my medicine. That was a healing, a very healing thing for me. Um, but to uh, kind of, sorry, your question one more time, I kind of got I, on it. I guess it's like, um, like everybody's, you know, in African-American kind of blues tradition, right? If you think about the Delta blues in African-American writing, right? A lot of our writing kind of came from like our history in America. Mm. 
and and it's yeah. really kind of like the don downtrodden kind of coming from that whole civil yeah. war slavery thing it, yeah. there's a whole lot of history that a lot of yeah. people can kind of channel when you go to new orleans and you yeah. listen to them the black musicians in New Orleans, or we go to the Delta in Mississippi, or we go down mm -hmm. south, and figure out where, where did the blues come from? Where did jazz come from? Where does R&B come from? It mm -hmm. came from this kind of place of pain. And yes. a lot of these African-American artists, we took that pain and we turned it mm -hmm. into art. Absolutely. And we, and we yes. kind of recognize that in other people from other cultures. Yes. Like what you're saying in the Middle East and the situations, like mm -hmm. every artist kind of takes like what happened in their life. Yeah, and I just, I feel so grateful because I, I feel like hip hop gave me a home. And I, I mean, for me, I always thought, you know, when I was in these studios, even in high school, like it was the land of the storytellers and I felt so at home and I felt so grateful to be in such good company. And um, so for me, you know, when I'm, you know, like I said, you know, it's almost like worlds collide for me to be able to write in a way that hasn't been done before, but also like you said, to be able to talk about um, what we bear, you know, the pain that we bear. And I am able to kind of see that we're all the same and it's the best and most amazing thing in the world because I'm talking to all these amazing individuals from Iraq and all these incredible people from Atlanta and New York and LA here. And I'm like, we are exactly the same and it's just the best thing. And so I'm really excited to bring all that Big East energy um, here to the States, to anyone that will listen and just um, kind of have this beautiful new wave that comes through and just be able to show the US how incredible and all the art, like I said, and passion that is um, there in the Middle East. So, yeah. well, I think that's just fantastic because I think part of music I like about music is cross genre and cross cultural. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a lot of what um, I'm into, you know, is like stuff that came from, you know, different places. Like I'm a, I'm a synthesis, right? So a lot of synthesized yeah. work came out of bands, like out of Berlin, like craft work. Yeah. And then, then you think of like a guy like Prince or Stevie Wonder, well, they were influenced by what was going on with like craft work in Berlin. And right. so, so there's like the history of African-American culture, but then, you get like this kind of technology, industrial kind of synth sound that you got a band out of Germany called Kraftwerk, mm -hmm. or you get, you know, like jazz influences, or you get you get all kinds of influence from everywhere, you know. And I, I yeah. listen to like bands like Genesis and mm -hmm. Yes, and then yeah. you know, jazz and then hip hop. And like I like to jazz. mix everything. So everything what I call I mean, my label was expansive sound. And the idea of expansive sound is kind of what you're talking about. You have the whole world to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. You can be influenced by a Middle Eastern sound or a sound from, yeah. from Tibet or somewhere in, in the rainforest. Wherever mm -hmm. you feel is going to service the feeling you have as a musician. I think we're kind of in a world where we're wide open. Yeah. That you can have so many influences. You can do all this cross-genre stuff like you're taking Middle Eastern yeah feel from Iraq and bringing it into hip hop or bring, you know, that that's really cool. I think. Yeah. That's and it's just crazy too, because I mean, I think that one or the other or both could have been like, no, you know what I mean? Cause it is different. You know what I mean? You put this really sexy Bay area 808 on yeah. this voice from the middle East. What are you going to do? You know? So it's like, I, I'm so excited to, to be able to, to, like I said, to do it and have people that listen. It's like the best. 
Yeah, I think that's at the melting pot of music. And kind of like one good thing about the States is that we were very, the one thing that we've always been really into is like, you know, the arts. It's like, you know, a lot of art, you know, African-Americans, you know, in, in the U.S., we created like multiple genres from the blues to hip hop to rock. You know, there's a lot of, you know, hands in, 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 on, in the pie, you know, creating yes. this, this a world right. where you know you get a Hendrix, you get a Herbie Hancock, you got hip hop people, you know, great. They came out, they mm-hmm. came basically out of the the kind of culture that allows like that to happen. That does, yeah. you know, there's less restrictions in terms, of, so people can can be free to challenge themselves and say, well, why can't I do that? Right? Why yeah. can't I break the rules? Why can't I, you know, change the tempo? Yeah. Why, you know, why can't I go use an 808? Because the thing mm-hmm. that's funny about an 808, the Roland Corporation that made that drum machine, that that drum machine failed in the market. But people don't understand. It's like the 808 did not, was not a success. Oh, what, that's incredible. I didn't happened, know that. <laughs> yeah, what happened is it was put out in, in the mid-70s and then nobody bought it. And then a lot of hip-hop artists found them in, in pawn shops. And then yeah. it happened to work with what hip hop was doing at the time. They said, wow, I can get this really cheap drum and I can go and rap over it along with the scratching. And That's it unbelievable. It. Yeah. And it's like the same thing with the TB303. It was a failed product. Um, so a lot of like, it's interesting that people found these failed par- products. Oh, yeah. Now it's now the 808. It's like people would think that it was super successful, but it wasn't. And, mm. and so, like, people find things from different errors and then suddenly make it like more. So it, in its time, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't hit. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like the way music is like different phases happen where somebody yeah. might try something didn't work and then suddenly it works, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 yeah. this, it just happens that way. And I think that's what's great about music. And I love talking to people who aren't like in the top 10 initially, right? Because like mm-hmm. everything is coming from like the underground. Like, yeah. Coming from the club, we're coming from. It some- all does. I'm the underdog from the underground, so it's like the. <laughs> yeah, well, I just think that's why I like to try to elevate that and, and make that the yeah. focus of what my podcast is. So the other question I like to talk about is like in terms of like your influences. I I realize you you mentioned some of them, but I'll have you um you, when you write up, maybe talk to the people on the on the podcast about who are the artists that really inspired you um and influence you even today um well for me uh there was a lot because it's like there's the artists that I grew up listening to just you know we we can't help but be influenced somehow by the music we grew up with right um you don't hear it a lot in my writing but um all these Bay Area legends, you know, especially like I met E-40 when I was 17, you know, so I got to grow up just listening to these rhymes and it was just so good. Um, but like right now, I would say um, some of the storytellers I listen to most would be, uh, so Derez Deshaun out of Atlanta was one of the first to kind of do the whole pain and hip hop thing. And that was really uh, cool for me to see he's out of Atlanta. Um, and then of course, like Joyner Lucas, Kanye West. I mean, I love the way that they storytell. And um they don't think about, oh, what, you know, what is this going to sound like? Or is this too rough around the edges? They're like, nope, this is the story. Here you go. Like, I, just, I love it. And so yeah. I, just, yeah. you know, I love that type of authenticity and breaking the rules and um, just writing what's in you, really, uh, despite if anyone is really truly going to understand it, you feel like or not, you know, because what I've learned 
is that there's always somebody who understands somewhere, yeah, the, you know? So it's yeah. like that. Yeah. So you, you know, you put it out, you put out what's in your heart, um, no matter what, you know, and for me, you know, I didn't care that I haven't seen, you know, the Middle East represented in, you know, top 10 music. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're going to do it. You know, so you do. I mean, if you think about it, like like Led Zeppelin, you know, back in the day, they they um, they did their song Cashmere, which had like like this kind of different feel to it. It was more maybe Hindu, but but they, they the Beatles played with that too. Like they 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 crossed into different sounds that weren't just English sounds or blues sounds. Right. They bring, bring in the sitar and they, yes. people would bring in bring in other instruments. That were from other cultures, you know, Paul mm -hmm. Simon bringing in South African drums and um, singers mm. into his work. And I think it's always good when when you can um, integrate culturally with other people. Maybe you didn't mm -hmm. think you were going to work with, and mm -hmm. I, and I think that's that's interesting in hip hop. There's a lot of crossing right now. Maybe in the rock genre is not as much as it used to be in the '60s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like hip hop is where rock was when the Beatles were doing what they were doing, because now you've got, you know, people in jazz bands, you got right. musicians playing with hip hop bands. Yes. You, got, you know, people doing orchestras, people bringing like, you know, trumpets and saxes and yes. flutes. It's just a real hodgepodge where you can have like a, a country Western influence hip song. Right. You can, you can have, uh, you know, stuff coming from, from Africa, like African, yeah. In Central America, you can have things yes. like Middle Eastern hip hop. Everything. Hey, if it everything. sounds good, you just do it. Like to me, what yes. serves, it serves the song? You know, you get some yes. people say, "I'm only gonna use samples, or I'm only gonna use for the service." This is like an, uh, you know, I I kind of go back and forth between like analog instruments and modern, you know, things like an Akai, you know, MPC. Yeah. So maybe one day my my Moog, uh, my one of my Moogs is the thing I need to do, right? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take one of my Moogs or take a Hammond B3 or something. But another day I might be using an MPC because I got that like kind of vibe where I want to do like old yeah. school 80s right. hip hop. And that's Love what it. I'm going to do. It's kind of whatever serves the song. So you can't say, well, I'm only going to do this. I'm only going right. to do trip hop. I'm only going to do trap. I'm only going to do EDM. I think it's like, it's yeah. like whatever it is. Right. You should do because that's what you feel the song should have, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and for me as an artist too, like I have grown and moved in different ways. Like my sound, even finding it was like in the last couple of years, you know, but I've been doing music my whole life. So, you know, it does take time because we grow and we change as well. And so just being open to listening to everything and trying everything is really going to help you find what feels most like you, at least in my experience, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, when you're, when we asked you about your writing style and that's always a hard thing for people to ask uh, yeah. in the genre is like alternative hip hop. That's a really interesting thing. Cause I haven't heard people actually say that. And that I yeah. find that very interesting because I'm very much like an alternative kind of indie artist. And I like to go and like, I have some stuff that's very punk, you know, it sounds yeah. like the Clash, sounds like the Sex Pistols and other stuff that mm -hmm. goes into like, you know, Genesis and Yes and, you know, Journey right. is going in a different direction. So when you're doing like arena rock, it's like, like, well, you know, it's kind of wherever you can go. When you're a keyboardist, because right. the nature of being a keyboardist, you can kind of go classical, you can go jazz, you can go blues, you could go anywhere you want to go. 
it depends yeah. on what you know. And um, it's kind of like having the idea of an alternative. I think yeah, you up that like you could do like East Coast, West Coast, anything. whatever. Yeah, anything. absolutely. And for me, like even traveling to different mu- like music cities, I remember being out in Maryland. Oh my Lord, the hip hop culture in Maryland. Oh my God, it was so great. And so just like the clubs down there. I mean, it's like girls in California dance one way, girls yeah. in Maryland dance another way. It was just everything was just so different and so amazing. And I was just like, damn, and this is in the same country, right? So I just yeah. wanted to just go to every city and just make music with as many yeah, the people The scenes are so, so different. Like if you think about like a Boston yeah, trance scene, is not yeah. what it is in LA. Like, I don't know uh, nothing about a Boston trance scene. What do I need to know about a Boston? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that it's different. It's just weird. Yeah, no, it sounds great though. It's, yeah, it's different what people interpret, right? So, so yeah, like you could go with like an old club like in New York with CBGBs, right? Was like the, mm-hmm. where the Ramones came out of, and Talking Heads came out of there, and the idea was, you know, you can. You know, the cool thing about that club is like the Talking Heads are very different from the Ramones. And different, you know, and the bands that were playing during that time, the kind of this post-punk new wave, early new wave. And, and it was just a lot of energy. It was a lot of yeah. authenticity. If you think about a band like the Ramones, it, it's very powerful punk. But right. it, was, it was poppy. And it yeah. was like they, they had songs that were punk, but they were catchy. And right. they're like, wow, that's that's like pop punk. And it, mm-hmm. it kind of inspired like this kind of edge that we would get into the the new wave movement. Cause I grew up like as a child in the seventies, you know, and in the eighties, like the reason I'm into synthesizers is because there was like convergence from, from like disco. And uh, punk. Okay. And then you got new wave bands like Duran Duran, Flock of Seagulls and The Cure. Yeah. And it was this whole time was like, wow, you can actually take all these drum machines and all these synths that were used by bands like Yes and Genesis and Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and do yeah. something different with them. You can do and anything you want. I took a corn nut once. I was in a studio in LA. I took a corn nut and I like crunched it. And I like looked at the producer. I was like, hey yo. I was like, hey, record real quick. We just, yeah, we did. And it was like, and of course it was like the perfect crunch. I was like, oh, it was so crystal clear. I was like, Shh. and we put it in the beat. It was fun. <laughs> but that's what's interesting is like you can take like kind of what I like it about the punk attitude was that there's this honesty. And if you think yeah. about it, like grunge, like Kurt Cobain and, and Nirvana, right? They mm-hmm. are like 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 a uh, like they they came out of this idea from the original punk kind of punk bands like Ramones, but that had gone away. And so yeah. by the time when, when when grunge came along, all the punk bands were done, and it wasn't really right. a punk scene. It was really low in, in on the totem pole. It yeah. was like really low in these small small labels like Sub Pop out of Seattle. There was a scene in Seattle and it was very small. And mm-hmm. then suddenly Kurt came on the scene and it just exploded. And yeah. Had like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, and all these bands, Alice and Shane, it suddenly became the scene again. And so that's, yeah, you never know when something that's underground. Okay, right comes- now <laughs> there are new bands coming out that are like little baby green days. Have you heard these? Like, it's amazing. They're like these, I think they're like TikTok stars or something, but it's like this new wave of like. Punk type of grunge. Yes, sir. That's coming back. I'm so with it too. I was listening to some of it. I was like, okay. I love, I always think it comes back. I think that kind of thing of what I like about it, what I tend to say about the punk 
is even if you're a hip hop artist or, or, or an EDM artist or somebody doing club music, the thing about punk that's towards this idea of the punk aesthetic is that there's mm-hmm. this honesty. You don't have to be pitch perfect. Exactly. You, just, you have yes. to believe what you're doing, right? You believe yeah. in it. And even if you're not the best singer and the best guitar player, it's because you believe it. That the audience. Avril Lavigne got me through some dark days, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's the honesty in songwriting that then you can take that. And I think a lot of hip hop people can take take like this kind of punk aesthetic and yes. put it into their music when they're being like very aggressive or with their lyrics or don't care what they say. That's kind yeah. of like that punk attitude. It's it's yeah. not it's a cool thing to have. Because mm-hmm. it gives you that edge and makes you feel like I'm not scared of what you think I'm gonna you know, I don't care what you think about it. Right, I, I, exactly. I believe in it. And because I believe in it, other people are gonna believe it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so yeah, I think that's like as a musician, you kind of have to have that kind of belief in yourself. Definitely. Uh, and maybe when people say, Well, how come you're so like high on yourself? It's like, well, I think that's part of like being an artist is you have to have certain level of confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to write your own song and to say what you want to say, it does put you in a different category where you have to believe it, you know? Yeah, and just don't give up if you're not there yet. Because for me, like, it took me a second, obviously, to be able to get to the point where I was willing to really open up and share and sing, you know? But I'm so glad that I did. But yeah, it does. It, it takes a while because you got you to gotta be ready for sure. <laughs> And it, and once yeah. you once you are there, it's a commitment. It's a huge commitment to your music and to your fans and um, to I would say like the process too, because you want it to continue to be authentic. You don't want to get wrapped up in you know what you feel like people want to see or hear. Um, and like I said, when you're kind of on the brink of a new wave of something like that, there's no map or anything, right? So you're just kind of hoping that everything that you're doing. Um, is accepted and and yeah and so far i've just like i said i've just been lucky so so that, that kind of comes into like when you work as a musician and a uh, singer songwriter you work with producers and mm-hmm. it's a kind of like a, a different um a way of, of um working because certain, certain artists are yeah. looking for producers to make them the next big thing right and they're yeah. willing to kind of make their original ideas more like push down and take the mm-hmm. idea of the producer and maybe the producer's got a history of doing like big big hits but then yeah your your own style kind of gets pushed down so mm-hmm. do you tend to want to work with people that embellish what you do and make it better or try to turn you into something that maybe you're not exactly you're the comfortable with I mean, yeah well i mean i think that it really depends on the producer because for me the producer is just as much the artist as the artist mm-hmm. um so just going into an understanding beforehand like for example like i've come in where a song is like ready to go and i'm like nobody talk to me i'm ready la, la, la. like we got this you know and they hit record and we do it and we mix it the way you know but then there's other times where the song really gets built in layers and i love being open to, hey, what if we did this? What if we tried this? And it is really a collaborative effort. Um, and there are producers out there that are so wildly talented that could make you, you know, blow up for sure because they're, because um, their stuff is so good, you know. So it just really depends on what you're looking for. But I'm more of an artist that because I, you know, I played piano my whole life, you know, and I was classically trained there, and I do sing and I do write. So because of that, I do enjoy. Um, 
I guess the relationship with the producer where I feel like I can speak to my own music, but also um, because I'm so new in the process, it's, it's process, it really means a lot to me to be able to hear, hey, Sharina, why don't you try this? Or Well, I think what's, what really is good is when, when you work with a producer that actually listens to the artist too. Yeah. Because some yeah. producers are kind of top down and they're, mm -hmm. they're like, I'm, I'm the expert. You, you're the neophyte and mm -hmm. you should take like 90% of my ideas and maybe keep 10 to yours. Yeah. And I'm kind of more like, I like working with the person that's more give and take, you know, 54. Yeah. 50. I mean, both hearts have to be in it at the end of the day. It has to be a passion project. It does. In order for that record to be believable and honest and true, it has to be a passion project from both sides. It's never just the producer or just the artist. I mean, truly, I do feel that. So yeah, 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 I think it's like when you when you have a vision, I think as an artist, and I think this is what happens, like if you're just a vocalist, right, and you don't write your own lyrics, mm -hmm. you actually take other people's lyrics, but you're really talented at vocals. And there's some people in the industry, that doesn't mean you're not an artist, because yeah. being a singer is, is, is a capability. But I think what I like to concentrate on is the singer-songwriter, because you ha every singer-songwriter has a vision of what they For want sure. their music 100%. to be. 100%. Yeah. And when they work with people, they try to get the people that are going to make that vision work. And yeah. that's, that's the relationship, even if you're in a band, right? Like if you're in a band and you're not just like a single a singer songwriter and you've got like a bass player and a drummer, it's that mm -hmm. kind of communication between everybody in the band that makes right. The you know, that everybody exactly. is talking and saying, well, the drummer might have heard an 808 at, in the demo, but then they turned it into their, they own it. They, a, a professional drummer will take like a drum machine and then rework it and do some fantastic things that you could never yes. have programmed. Right. Just like a bass player could take your bass line you wrote on your piano and, and make it magical. Um, and yes. I think it's like every musician can kind of take an initial idea and embellish it. And yeah. I think it's really your team how that works and how that chemistry is that really makes like your everything fight, everything that you do right absolutely yes 100 percent. yeah this lp um that's coming out at the end of the month i am recording at val sand studios in sacramento california i'm so excited we're just going to be in there we've got Rand, who's an amazing videographer, giving us all these behind the scenes shots so that you guys can kind of see what we're like in the studio. We eat a lot of candy and uh, <laughs> do, I don't know if I'm allowed to. No, when's the album going to be ready? It's a full album so, or an EP? So it's an LP. It's going to be three songs. Um, and that was uh, supposed to be released on the 31st of March. So the end of this month. That's awesome. So you're heavy, you're heavy into it. Yes, we're very, very, and so I was going to say my voice is a little bit coarse today because I've been just singing, singing, but yes, we're super excited about it, so. Now, are you thinking you're going to be able to tour it or you're just going to make videos for it or how, how are you going to approach like promoting it? Are you going to physically do shows or do like, uh, you know, like more podcasts or interviews on radio or yeah, so just for? as many, yeah, as many interviews as possible. And then um, we have some amazing uh, playlist curators who have said, yes, we're ready for you. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And then we're definitely going to do a video, um, depending on which song is um, streamed the most, which one I think people vibe with the most, we'll shoot a video for that one. Well, that's a good, that's a good strategy that yeah, I kind of, I, I, what I've done. Oh, you like that? 
<laughs> what I like is like what I tend to do is like I'll put a lot of things on SoundCloud, um, yeah. and then the ones that really blow up are the ones I start. I, I say, okay, well the, the kind of natural underground artist audience likes this, so then yeah. that gives me a direction that they think I'm doing something right, yeah. and then I'm, that's the one I might then send to Spotify, right? Title because it's getting a buzz. And so I get to see, like, is that working or not? And then other times, sometimes I was like, well, I would like it. Nobody likes it, but I still like it. So I'm still going to put it on the record. (laughs) Exactly. I just like it. I don't care. Yes. Well, there's been just a couple of, I mean, like random things. Like I will hear a beat that some producer somewhere amazing will send me. And I'm like, oh, I've never heard anything like this before. And I'll just record like maybe four stems of a vocal on there. And it'll sound so pretty. And I'm like, can I just? put this little part just like in the intro for no reason, you know, just because I loved it so much and I love the sound so much, but usually things like that end up turning into a whole record. If I give it time, it comes back around. So yeah, I get it though. (laughs) But your process, what do you, do you, are you the kind of person like just to kind of understand some people walk around with like a notebook. Some people use their phone and do voice memos. Some people sit down and say, I'm going to write a song and they sit down every day and they put time in. Are you, or is it kind of like, is it kind of different thing? Different songs have different like birthing, birthing, and they come out of different places. Uh, yeah. From you. So if I'm at the piano, I'm writing pen and paper, no matter what. Like if I'm sitting at the keyboard, it's pen and paper. Um, if I'm in the studio, it's usually I'm writing it right there on the spot, or it's lyrics that I have put in my phone because I have, I mean, the notes in my phone just go on for days and days, just hundreds and hundreds of lyrics in there everywhere. Um, So yeah, those, um, sometimes I'll hear a beat and I'll be like, yep, this is this one. And I'll search for my phone. Where is this? Where is this? And I'll start singing it. Um, And uh, that's usually how a song can start in the studio. And then I end up just writing the rest on the spot. Do you find like when you play piano, do you like to put the tape recorder on and just kind of do stream of consciousness and see if you actually just like, what I find as a keyboardist, sometimes I find, you know, traditionally sometimes I'll just write a piano part and then go Mm -hmm. back and do a vocal. But what I found Mm -hmm. sometimes if I put my mic by my, my synth and I actually just start coming up with something and randomly do it, that sometimes that comes out better than anything I thought I was going to plan to do that. that yeah. Kind of, just because like, if you're sitting at your piano or your synth or your, even a guitar player, mm-hmm. they just sit in, the, in their hotel room and they put the tape recorder on and they start yeah. making stuff up. Sometimes, That's one of the most frustrating parts actually is because you'll just, you know, catch a vibe right here, you know, and then you try and recreate it and it's not always the same. So, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> why you run, run the tape and you find that these little snippets of things that you've done, that oh that's that, uh, like, like a point in time thing and then that becomes like the idea you know yeah oh well for sure there's definitely been times oh plenty of times too where i've actually gotten garage band out on my ipad and set it right there next to the piano and just done a bunch of things and then i'll show my producers like this messy like you yeah. know garbage can of sounds and i'm like look you guys isn't it beautiful and they're, <laughs> they're like ah sure we're, we're gonna do our best but yeah it's it's good though yeah, I'm grateful for the patience, the patience that I've been shown for sure. Well, yeah, it's 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 a process because sometimes, <clears throat> well, I've heard sometimes that people will will do like an initial vocal, and maybe they mm-hmm. had a voice memo or they didn't do it in a yeah. 
perfect environment. But that, I call it a rough and I'll like send them over and I'll be like, sorry for this, you guys, but here it is. <laughs> but in some cases where sometimes that rough vocal ends up being on the final record, just because it's so honest that when you tried to do it for like the hundredth time, it doesn't sound as good as the first or yeah. second. Time. Yes. That's yeah. been a reality of mine as well. Yeah. It's just a weird thing. It's like they sometimes are like these happy accidents or these things that happen because they're like the idea in poetry mm -hmm. is that there's like this muse. Right? Yeah. And a lot of poets would say, like, I'm not going to overthink it. Like, it just let it, let it come. And yeah. it really is because you've been writing so long, there are things in your head. Right, but, right. But it feels like it came from somewhere, right? But yeah. it, it's coming from you and it's coming from somewhere else. And, right. and I think it's like what happens when you're a musician is like what you choose to let come in and right. and, and, and and actually retain mm -hmm. uh, is kind of like the kind of like the, the, the kind of trick. And like one time I, I heard a story about Hendrix that I like to say he was playing with like the Isley brothers as a backup guy. Right. He wasn't the lead. Yeah. And in the middle of a recording session, he suddenly deviated and started putting all this stuff down. It didn't even match the song. Yeah. And I said, why did you do that? And I said, well, the universe gave me this and I, you were recording and I just couldn't let it go. So I had to put yeah. it down. And yeah. it kind of shows you like a guy like Hendrix is so famous for being so brilliant, but that's like, he felt like, I, I know this is another guy's recording session, Yeah, but I got to put this down because this idea is so good. I can't like, I don't want to lose it. <laughs> I love it so ballsy I could never but I think that that's amazing I would have been like all awkward I would have like left the room and like recorded it on my yeah, phone but it's like, I guess he, just, he didn't care he just kind of would do stuff but, of course yeah. not he's badass he's Jimi Hendrix let's go yeah. he, he, but that's when he wasn't big he was like you know, oh was I love was, it well then that's how he became Jimi Hendrix yeah he there was a go. side guy and he just didn't care <laughs> right I love it I know right no there's something to be said for that right nothing to lose just like let's go yeah, I think was this kind of like sometimes there's a fire in the belly. They say, you know, for mm -hmm. an artist, it's like, you know, and, and you can you could burn your bridges and you could get in trouble. And Hendrix used to get fired all the time. Mm -hmm. I, but that's kind of like like a, a, an innovator, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. you're not going to fit in. And when you were talking right. about like feeling like you're a little odd person out or you're, yeah. I think sometimes there's a lot of energy comes from being not accepted. Right, they, 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 they yeah. you can actually take that drive and use it creatively. And Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And like I said, there's like so much power in feeling like you're not alone because there's always somebody that understands somewhere. So if yeah, that can be I me, then that's that's a good thing. <laughs> well, I think your story when you said that you felt like a little out of place, you felt like because you're coming from you know being an immigrant, coming from a different culture, yeah. and mm -hmm. sometimes America can can be unwelcoming to people who are different. And, you know, we, we kind of know that as African-Americans, <laughs> we've, right. we've, we've dealt with it in certain ways. But No, a thing or two about that. Yes, yes. But, but I think what happens is like when you, that sometimes gives you a lot of power creatively that, that, that you can actually use the pain or the, the being felt. I think like if you feel like you're like the other person that's not part mm -hmm. of the in crowd, that that yeah. gives you the drive to be like an artist. There are yeah. a lot of artists, you know, whether you're a musician or an actor or mm -hmm. a painter, like a lot of the, the drive for, you know, the great artist is the fact that they weren't welcomed, right? Yeah. They, they were thought of as being an oddball. Yeah. And it gave them their, their, their creative power. 
Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm definitely doing the best that I can. And um, I'm really excited for this LP to drop these three songs. I just I can't wait for you guys to hear. Yeah, what we like to do is, um, you know, once you're you have um, your your release and um, you you start doing other work too, we we love to have people come back and kind of yeah. present. Um, like uh, we've done like album release episodes where we've actually you know on on the eve of something coming out, we actually you know help you push it and do an oh, episode cool. where we do that. That's so awesome. you know that's something we we're totally into. We've also had people come back with like their second project so we've had multiple people on our show over the years uh do that and we always invite people to do that and we also end up doing online performances that we're starting to open up we've got festivals that we have guests come on and do live kind of behind unplugged sessions or even fully plugged if they have the ability to do it oh that's awesome so we like to just to have that full picture uh, of an artist and, and allow you to they kind of show your show show your 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 talent to everybody, but one thing we like to ask people, like you know, you've got your new release coming, and you've got videos you're going to work for it based on what 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 is really hitting. Um, what are your thoughts about the future of music going forward? I know we've been talking about kind of cross cultural cross um, genre. Is mm-hmm. there anything that's um, is there anything else you think in the future about music um, that you'd like to talk to? Um, I am so optimistic about the future of music. I think that the only reason why I'm sitting in front of you right now is because the future of music is so bright. You know, I think that um, there is a large amount of people that are looking for something new and something different. And all of us want to feel, because we love music so much, to feel represented in the music that we listen to, which is why we choose the music that we listen to. So for me to be able to come forward in my way. And like I said, show all that passion from the big East. It's a gift. And I am very optimistic for what the future holds with that, because um, there's just so much love around it. And so, yeah. Well, I'm excited to always bring new perspectives. And I love talking to musicians that are like, not just like, uh, you know, one scene to the other. Because, you know, in America, yeah. you can get stuck in the New York scene or the L.A. scene or right. Nashville scene. And then you, you just don't think about, like, well, what's going on in, in the Middle East or what's going on yeah. in Central America? We're like, right. what happens if you listen to a rock band in Argentina? And, like, I, I, right. like I, I actually talked to an Argentine um, musician, and I never really had listened to that, that, that mm. type, type of vibe or a different um, uh, approach to rock yes, coming right. from a different perspective because everybody hears rock, but then you listen to a band in Poland versus a band in Argentina or a band in Belgium right. or a band in Berlin, they all come at it different ways. And, yeah. and, and the language also is cool because I like listening to bands actually in their native language. Yeah. Sometimes because like, if you listen to a band, if they try to do something in English, but maybe in French, it actually means something a little different mm. or an Italian artist if they yeah. translate it, it doesn't come across the same way because right. there's things about language that are very important. Yes. And that's why it's important to me to learn Arabic and I'm slowly learning. And we have translators on the team right now that are helping me communicate with the fans. But, um, yeah. you know, I lost the language when I was younger, you yeah. know, when I came to the States. So it's really important to me to, to learn it again. Um, but Iraq, thank you for your patience with that one. So. Also, are you planning on actually do doing versions of your songs so you could send them back 
back um, to, to the Middle East. In the future, yes, absolutely. As, as well, awesome. I just, I don't, I don't want to mess it up though. So I got to make sure that you I know what I'm right. saying correctly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Let's do it one time and do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, I think that's awesome yeah. because I really, like I said, I think it's fantastic to hear music. Like I, one time I lived in Japan and I was, I was listening to a lot of Japanese like heavy metal bands nice. and I actually didn't like to just see them doing Zeppelin. I like them doing their own song. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like they listen to how they approach in Japanese that type of vibe. And it's probably it's, lit. Yeah. It was really good. I was like, wow. Yeah. I didn't understand Japanese. You know, I was there for like two years. I started You're like, who cares? It's a vibe. I mean, yeah. The vibe of it was like I like that song in Jap yeah. the Japanese songs that they did better than when they were doing the American covers. Yeah. And I would I would show them like I think your song is better than that that Zeppelin song you did. Yeah, like I want to download that one. <laughs> that's the one I want because that's you guys feel. That's feeling. authentically you, right? Yeah. And that's why I think it's awesome that you you're gonna do that. That's really awesome. Like oh, when you have one of those songs, like they send them to me. <laughs> yes, for sure, I will. Um, yeah. So the other thing uh, before we go, we always ask: um, Are you collaborating or working with other people or appearing on other? Um, artists like like in terms of features do you do are you primarily focused on your own sound right now or are you working on features at the same time with, with other other artists yeah so i'm not allowed to say who but i'm actually yes i'm very excited to be working on a few features yeah well, that's cool i think as musicians yes. we have to find other ways to get things out and collaborating with other for artists sure yeah we're doing it which is really cool um, and then for the, the the question about the whole uh, COVID situation, you know, I I kind of doubled down on this podcast was my response was mm. like, because I can't physically go to New York or Boston and play at the ghost, my own band. I, mm. I put more time into actually doing this. Yeah. And um, I think it's uh, different people have done different approaches to what what's happened during this time. I, one of the things I saw is a lot of bands in the last two years have been taking time that when they were on the road to actually, you know, honing their craft as writers and mm. spending a lot of time writing music. So I think we're actually in the, in the cusp of an age where music writing is going to be very good, that we're going to get mm. like a lot of interesting, very deep music. Yeah. People are able to put the time into it that normally they don't get. Mm hmm. Well, that's refreshing to hear because I mean, I know that there were a lot of artists that I know um, had a hard time being away from their fans and not being able to collaborate. So it was difficult for them to write. Um, I myself have written alone most of my life. I'm just now starting to collaborate with other artists. And so for me, it was nothing new to just kind of be by myself and write everything out. Um, so I know that uh, Certainly a lot of people had a harder, harder time than me, but yes, a lot of music was written. Almost all my music was put out during the pandemic. So you found it was, gave you the time to actually hone your craft. Yes. Yeah. I, I find that what the, what the problem I had, well, the problem I've uh, talked to with other artists are ones that were in like traditional bands where they yeah. have like, and bass players. And, and, and like, that would have been so rough. See, everybody, oh, yes. And I, yeah, I remember hearing those stories from people that I knew, and it's just, it was a lot. It was tough. It was a tough yeah, time. That's really tough. There are a lot of bands I know that because they kind of lived, you know, the way they survived was touring. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the way the industry is when we talk about streaming, streaming is great because I can reach people all over the world. But yeah. one of the other things about streaming is you don't really get paid like you do if you do a show. Like, so yeah. A lot of working musicians, they survive because they're in their kind of line van going from one town to the next. Right. Playing all the playing all the clubs and getting on the scene and getting a, getting a vibe and getting fans following them and selling merch. Mm-hmm. And those bands had a real hard time. Yeah. If they weren't used to home recording, right, going on in that, they didn't have their own studio, and they kind of depended on, you know, save enough money to go to the studio, and they then they can't play in the studio, and they're all separated. Yeah, yeah. that was, I think that that kind of structure has been very hard for bands in that kind of scenario, and I, I kind of for sure, yeah, of course, of course it would be, yeah. But um, yeah, I think the future is really good for 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 artists now that we're on the cusp of getting back on the scene, and mm-hmm. yeah, they be doing more festivals this year. Yeah. And eventually, we're hoping to get back to New York and Boston and and, and play in front of people. But, yes, I hope that for you too. Definitely, that's amazing. Yeah, we well, you know, when you're when you're the kind of musician that likes to play in front of people. It has been hard, but um, but like we find other ways to do it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, so, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. With this, we're very excited that let your fans know that we are actually on Spotify video podcast, and so this has been live and uh, on the YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. And all those channels will have permanent links for this podcast, and they'll be permanently on those channels, our channels. But we also will be on Spotify as a video podcast within an hour. And we also convert to many different audio platforms, including Apple Podcast, Google Mm -hmm. Podcast, uh, Radio Public, Stitcher. We're on like 10 other platforms. That's what's up. They're going to cascade out there. Um, So... We will be pushing uh, the ones that we just talked about. And we'll give you a Spotify link for your fans to check awesome. out. And yes, uh, we're very happy you. that you came on the show. And we did hit yes. almost an hour. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. I know my lashes are like coming off right now, too. It's been so long since so I put one on. Don't you feel special? <laughs> I know. But thank you so much. It was great. It was really fun chatting. Yeah, we just want to encourage everybody to go out to your link tree. Uh, download, subscribe uh, on the YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you download. Make sure you playlist. Um, that's a very important. You know, make sure you like anywhere you see Sharina Parker. Download, like, subscribe. Yes. Playlist. Thank that, you. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Yes. Take care. Okay. Bye. <laughs>